What's going on, ladies and gentlemen? Welcome back to another episode of the Unfiltered Experience, where we bring you unfiltered conversations that are inspiring for you to change the way you think about your project, your process in your life, and you may be able to. Yeah, <laughs> I love you, bro. <laughs> it's been one oh, of those days, man. ladies and gentlemen. Welcome back to the Unfiltered Experience, where we have unfiltered conversations designed to lift you up and make you think differently about your life. I'm Christopher Rush, the No Excuses Coach, and I am joined, obviously, by my brother and by another mother, Mister. Scott Goyette. All I want to say is that that is my favorite introduction ever. And the reason I love it is the realness of that. This, I mean, the world is not always perfect. We do our best. We try to put our mask and we try to be polished. And I think part of leadership is leading by example and saying, I also struggled. So that was a beautiful intro. Favorite ever. Yeah. I love it. It's I like, love it. how can I trip my tongue up so many times? I don't even think I've ever done that before, but uh, yeah, that's what happens when you have your brain in seven, seven different places yeah. and you've been doing a lot of stuff all throughout the day. And you're right. You know, when you talk about leadership, it is about taking that personal responsibility and that self accountability to sit there and say, I'm human and stuff's going to happen. And we're going to be able to bounce back from those situations. And so oftentimes we sit there and beat ourselves up for something that we did that we didn't think that was supposed to go the way it was supposed to go. But in grand actuality, it was supposed to go exactly that way for us to have the outcome that it did. So thank you for that. I appreciate that. How are you doing today? Chris, I'm doing the probably similar to you, man. The world is, is it's doing its thing out there. The external is doing its thing. And here's what I'm doing in here. I'm staying balanced. I'm staying focused. And from time to time, but I don't know what I'm talking about either because the world gets a little crazy. So I feel you. Today's one of those days where my words could get destroyed too and I could be all over the place. So I'm going to do that later. I'm going to save that for later so we can both have our moments. I don't want to <laughs> take your moment from you right now. Thank um, you. I'll drop one later. Um, but yeah, it's 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 actually beautiful because like you said, what I try to do and I never stop talking about this is be the witness, be the observer. And even though there's a lot of things going on that I think aren't what I need or aren't what should happen, how I respond to those and how I step up in a leadership role and lead by example really do make the difference in the world around me. And I see it day after day after day. And that's what we're going to be talking about today. We're going to be talking about how can I lead in different ways, not always the obvious, you know, leading from a front, maybe leading from the middle, maybe leading from an example set. Um, but I'm really looking forward to our guests and really talking about this stuff because it's 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 needed. Um, all of us are having some struggles in one way or another. And the fact that we've got people stepping up to take leadership roles and inspire us to be better leaders is super critical. And I'm happy we have that. Yeah. And that's, that's a, that's a great setup for the introduction because our guest tonight, when you think about leadership, what's one of the supreme leadership positions in the world is being the leader of a country. And tonight, our guest is going to be the future presidential candidate for here in the United States. And I've had the pleasure of working alongside him on a couple of projects and have gotten to know him personally. And he's such a tremendous individual. And I'm looking forward to this conversation tonight because I think, to your point, Scott, the different dynamics of what we could talk about in leadership, but most importantly, how to lead a country, how to lead people and get back to the point of where we're talking with one another. And we're having those interpersonal communications and those relationships. I mean, that's massively important. So without any further ado, please welcome to the show. Mr. Sid McNary. What's going on, Sid? Thank you for being here on the Unfiltered Experience tonight. How are you? I'm doing great. How are you guys? We're doing good. We're slipping up on our words a little bit, but hey, man, yeah. that's that's life and we are human. We got a case of the humans yeah, going man. on, Sid. Just doing our best. Hey, here. I think we all do. We all do, for sure. Yeah. So talk to us Talk to us about leadership. What, what does it mean to you to be a great leader? Well, I'd start off with, you know, when I was coaching football, we had a guy come and he was the the one with the most money in Baltimore. And he came and spoke to our team and, and something that he said 
you know, to our players because we were trying to turn around the team. And it's stuck with me ever since. And this is back in like 2002. And he said, a leader is somebody who's worthy to be followed. Mm-hmm. You know, we often we often have these people, especially in today's world, we've got this one person cults, right? Nobody's following them, but they have a lot to say. That's a one person cult. And it's not worth very much. And I'm not sure what's going to do. But then we have people, people that are being followed. Obviously, they're leading people, but they aren't a leader, in my opinion, because often those people aren't worthy to be followed. It, it, you know, I, I, people ask me, well, who would you vote for? And I'm like, the person that my kids need to look up to. That's no. the one I want leading, right? That's the one that I want to show up in, in moments. The person that when nobody's looking, we trust that, period. Amen to that. I love that. So that's yeah. what it is for me. It's funny that uh, we're having a conversation. I like where you're going with that, too, where you're talking about a leader is somebody who really deserves to be followed. Because we were talking about leadership today in one of my business classes, um, you know, I teach in right here in Austin. And my students brought up something. They said, what do you think a good leader is? So they spun things back at me. And one of the other students wanted to answer. And he had a great answer. He goes, I think that the best leader is the leader who doesn't want to lead, but organically falls into the role. And I'm like stand up I'm like, stand <laughs> because realistically you know he was he was explaining it often the best leader is just being great and they're being great at what they do people tend to kind of see them follow them there there's a worthiness quotient already in place and then they're almost asked to lead enough times people are like hey you know what you said really resonates can you tell this group can you tell this group and suddenly you're standing there and you're like how did i get here talk about that how you can suddenly just be living your life and, and really just trying to live a life of integrity with principles. And then you show up in that place. Cause when that student said that, I'm like, I want to follow this road right here. I like where you're going. Yeah. I like that too. And for, for me, how it shows up is I never really chased a job. You know, when I was coming out of college, I interviewed uh, with the secret service and ended up going to coach football. And it was because one of the coaches at Purdue, Brock Spack, who's now the head coach at Illinois State, he said, hey, I got a place for you to go. And then my buddy was like, hey, you know, we should coach football. Because at the time, they were hiring two black coaches on every college campus, right? And so we knew we could climb in that in that space because there weren't, we were coming in when there weren't black coaches. So we had that. And that's, that's how my coaching career started. And and I was able to go and work for Coach Spoo at Eastern Illinois. And, and, and I just did my job. Like, I really did. Over the top. You know, we had to, back then, editing film and all th- those things were a lot longer. So on Sundays, on Saturday, we'd come home from a game, even if it was on the road, no matter what time. And then on Sunday, we'd have to jump in uh, about midday and start breaking down film so that we could dissect it and put it in the computer and all those different things. And once the film came from the other school and, and that would take until midday Monday, like you didn't go home, you you were breaking down film. You had to work hard. And and so that's the initial part. And I, I look at the guys that I were, that I was a graduate assistant with. One is the offensive line coach at university of Minnesota under PJ Fleck, who was one of my players. And then the other one was uh, Chris Merritt, who's now the head coach at, at a school here in uh, uh, 
D D two or D one double A school here in Florida. And so it was, it was like, we knew, or at least we were, we were told you work hard, you do what you can and, and everything else will take care of itself. So how that transitioned me was I was then eventually as my career moved through 12 years and now I'm at Morgan state after Northern Illinois university. And they were like, Hey, we need something different for the team. So they literally would turn the whole team over to me on Friday nights before the game. And I would teach them yoga. I would do all these different things. And it was just the calling forward of me. So I've always been called into it. I started teaching yoga because of that, uh, because they, they said, Hey, this is what we need. So what can you do? You know? And I think that's, that's kind of it. Even where I'm going now in the future, it's because I've been called into it, not because I, I just want to be the leader. You know? mm-hmm. so, yeah. I love that. So I want to go, I want to go back into Sid's life and, and go back to when, when little Sid was around, who were some of the influential people <laughs> in your life? And you think about leadership and who are some of the people that you admired and looked up to and, and what traits did you take from them to become the man that you are today? Well, one, I mean, my father, my father spoke around the world and, and uh, you know, he was, when he did his retirement from the government, there were six different retirement parties, right? That of different statures, one, one in Puerto Rico, one in Hawaii, one in DC and all these other places. So I got to see him on the stage, like speaking to thousands of people. That was what I grew up with. And because of that, I got to see someone that when he would speak, people would listen. And I also saw a man that for me, it was like, all right, I don't really know. I It took me until, uh, I think it was like 2000 and 2000 and 2000, actually, my daughter was born. So in the year 2000, he was given an honorary doctorate degree at Purdue, which was my alma mater, my son, my brothers and, and his. And when I got to see him on in that space, I finally learned what my dad did. I didn't know before that. I mean, I was 30 something years old and here it was. I'm learning about, whoa, my dad's like this. What do you mean I might have to go give a talk for the Nobel Peace Prize? And it, that was never the guy that I saw. I saw somebody that showed up at every soccer game, even if he had to fly back on Friday to make it to a soccer game on Saturday. He was always around. So I had that level of respect for my father. And then all the coaches I had and and many great teachers. My mom taught for 29 years. So I got to see her, you know, they never left a kid behind. It wasn't something they needed to be told. They mm. they made sure everybody was getting the information and able to graduate and able to go to college if they want or, or start a new business and, and all those things. So I just had happened to have parents that really nurtured that for me. And then they always made sure, which I think any parent listening to this right now, if they have young kids, it's like the maybe the most important person you put in your kid's life is their coach. So make sure they're good. Make sure that they are living a living example for your child, because had I not played for Coach Harville, who coached for 30, maybe 38 years at, at uh, Gaithersburg High School, if I hadn't played for him, I don't think I would have become a football coach. I don't think I would have learned all those things. He used to take me to breakfast every national coaches convention. He'd say, Sid, we're going to breakfast mm-hmm. so we can talk and we can make sure that you're my guy and, and that you're still walking in this way. And 
So people like that, I, I've had so many people that have lit up my life as leaders, for sure. So, so I love what you're saying about, you know, the importance of coaching and finding those people who are leaders and sometimes lead in ways that you almost can miss. You could literally completely miss unless you're the person who's learning from them. And I'm going to share a story just to show how powerful a coach can be. So I remember, you know, being a young kid and single mom and, you know, you remarried the whole thing, but, you know, very standard in the U.S., you know, doing our best. Everyone's trying to, you know, make ends meet. And so I used to go to basketball at this one church and there was a really cool guy who's one of the coaches at the local high school. And he used to open up this church for us to play basketball from seven to nine at night. And I remember some of the parents would come a little early to pick up the kids so they can get them in bed by nine. And there was one night where all the other parents came and I was going to walk home that night. I didn't have a ride home. And it's like 845. And I'm convinced that he's going to come close that gym up. And I have 15 more minutes. So in my brain, I'm thinking to myself, there's no way you're going to close this effing gym. And that, you know, angry young boy world against me is about to come out. And I'm about to say something that's probably really stupid. Like, you can't do this. And all I remember is I'm like, I'll take one more shot and then I'll turn to yell at him. And so I take the shot and he goes, when you're playing in college, Scott, you're going to need to raise the ball a little bit higher. You're shooting from out here. I want you to bend your knees, keep your elbow up, and make sure you release from up here so the other people can't block your shot. And I went from to all I heard was one word. I heard the word when. That was the first time somebody didn't say, you're a troublemaker, you're this, you're that. He said, when you play in college. So I can remember when I'd want to go out drinking, when I want to go out and do something stupid. I'm not saying I didn't do some of the stupid stuff, but I'd always think in the back of my mind, I got to make up the time, put in the effort, because when I play sports in college, one word. So when we look at a coach who can see in you the gold, who can see that, which is amazing, that's what we need to be getting more people out there doing. Because when we have people who believe in themselves and believe in the good in the world, the world changes. And mm -hmm. so that that's what I see in a coach. And when you were explaining about your coach in Gathersburg, Maryland, I'm, I'm visualizing that same mindset that you make me want to be the best me possible and you can turn your back on me and I'm going to be that. And that's it. Somebody who you can turn your back on and they can turn your back on you because you know the work's going to get done. Talk more about that because there's a lot of people who might think, should I get into coaching? Should I coach my kid's team? Parents are always yelling at you. Does that even matter? Whatever it is. Let's talk about the importance at any level being a great coach. Well, I'd, I'd say, you know, my greatest, one of my greatest examples, because I, I, I'm very fortunate that I worked with 23 guys that went on to play in the NFL. And but P.J. Fleck that I spoke about earlier, I mean, Anyone who knows football knows that a, a receiver who's 5'9", 5'10", running a 4'9", is probably not going very far. And yet that's when he first came, you know, I remember Joe saying, Sid, can, can we get PJ to play at this level? I'm like, yeah, did you see how hard this kid works? He will teach everybody else and we'll get him there. By the time he left, he ran a 4'4", and, and went to the 49ers. And so there was – he had work ethic and the only thing I could do for him was, well, I could do one of two things. I could screw him up and leave him where he was, or I could speak into his life what was possible. We yeah. started up, we always started off with freshmen where they sit their goals, right? They put down, this is what I want to be. You know, I was always like, all right, if you're here for four years, this is, this is what you got. 
we got to know how we're going to, how's it going to be? And he was like, well, I want to be an all conference player. He had great goals and, and I want to go back to my high school and be the head coach. And, and, uh, and now when he first came in, he said, he said in the seat, I always just set the top three players right in front. He sat in the middle seat and the rest of the guys were like, man, that seat's open. That used to be Dion Mitchell. Who's now at the, at the Dallas Cowboys. You don't get that seat. And, uh, and, and when he read his goals, they were like, no, nah, if you're going to take that seat, this was the whole unit. If you're going to take that seat, that's not good enough. You have to set records, which he did. You have to go on and play in the NFL, which he did. You have to yada, yada, yada. And you have to go on to be a, uh, a college football coach, a great one. And that's what he's doing. You know, so we spoke into his life, not just me. I just happened to lead those other guys to do that for each other as well. We spoke that into his life for it to become something amazing. And that I think that's so important, like you said, is making sure that if I'm coaching, I'm speaking into people's lives what's possible for them. And that that's such a huge thing as a coach, as a leader, period, really. Mm, I love this. I love this. And what we're talking about here, and we said the word a couple of times is, is bringing out the best in people. I know I was in director of operations for many, many years, led a lot of different teams. And one of my goals as a leader was to bring out the best in people, obviously as a coach, as the same thing. What are your thoughts on that? What are ways leaders can bring out the best in their people? I know that we get a lot of people watching the show that lead people in, in the workplace right now. We've got different generations. We've been hearing it on the news. We've got Gen Z's, we've got millennials, we've got Gen Xers, we've got baby boomers. We've got all sorts of different demographics and types of people in the world today, in the workplace today. What are some of the ways that we can get the, get the teams to work at their best together uh, through communication, through listening, through other exercises? What are some of your thoughts on that that you've experienced as a, as like, as a coach and as a leader? Well, I'll say from, you know, I'm going to take it into a whole nother arena from from sports and go to yoga. When I first started teaching yoga classes, I used to wonder why, why when I in my head would think I just said, step your right foot. But here they are. They all got their left foot forward. And I'd be like, you guys aren't listening. And then I finally realized, no, it's not them listening. I'm not listening to myself. Excuse me. I must have said something, but please step your right foot instead. So when I look at coaches often getting upset because I've seen coaches on every level from, you know, I, I, I'm fortunate. I get to go coach coaches, like be put on a retainer for a university to coach the coach. And often people are getting upset that the players or the person that they're coaching is not doing what they want, but they haven't even recognized that they are usually saying something that is creating that action. And so that that's the biggest thing I think a coach can do is, is look at the situation and say, oh, I'm the one doing this. Therefore, this is what people are doing. Not everybody's stupid. So I've got to look at myself and say, okay, what, how am I creating this action that I'm looking at in the, in everybody else? And so I think it's important that way to just reflect before responding to what's being seen. It's like sometimes, you know, you see a team going, they were just going high and now they're going down. You can watch a coach on the sideline. His energy probably shifted in a bit, you know, and if it, if not, he's able to see it and not control the energy, but guide it back up. And that's when that team takes off again. And so I, for me, I love being that very reflective as a coach, as a person on myself, you know, I'm not running this country right now yet. 
I'm part of this country. So when I look up and I see something that's not working, what do I do with myself? It's like here in Jacksonville, we just had uh, someone killed three people, right? And most people know about that. Yeah. And so as soon as I saw it, I said, I'm not doing enough. And what did I do? I created Jacksonville sits for peace so that everybody can come to the beach on 9-11 and we can sit down and we can be about peace without it being about me. You know, to me, that's leading. That's stepping up when you see there's a problem, step into it and make it different. Find the solution. Right now, we have leaders that point fingers at the problem. And it's like, what's that helping? That's teaching everybody about the problem. How can we how can we find the solution and be the solution? Amen, brother. So, so Sid, one of the things that I'm hearing that you do very effectively, and I'm a huge proponent of it myself, and uh, we do it in the yoga world. You know, my wife and I lead yoga retreats and wellness retreats too. So big fan. Um, and then be an athlete, the same thing. I love when somebody knows how to create space. And um, a lot of people don't really understand what that means. And so let's do a little education for people. I want to get your perspective on this, but you're explaining it pretty well. When I'm sitting there as a teacher and I say, you know, something, and I'm like, how do they not get this question right on the test? I said this a million times. I instantly go to what did I say that I thought I said versus what I did say, because there's no <laughs> way 30 students got it wrong and it's all their fault. I'm, I'm part of this problem. So I asked them, I say, where did I miss or where did I whatever? And then they say, well, you said this, but the book said this, but you always said, trust the book at the first day of class. And I'm like, oh, did I say that? And so there's always a reason, <laughs> but there's always a reason. And so I'm a, I'm a big fan of creating this space where we can be human. We can jumble our words when we're trying to do an intro. We can have fun with it. We can be there to support one another. When times are tough, you know, we can kind of come into this place. And know this is a safe space to learn, make mistakes and grow. What can we do, not as coach, but as a human being, as a parent, as a friend, as a co-host of a podcast together, we're trying to share some great information. What can we do to create this space where people really can come in and go, I feel good right here, yeah. be an authentic me, vulnerable me, without me thinking, oh, are people going to like this? Is this okay? Did I do it right? Like, how can we take that mask off and just be in that space? Because we can all do this together and change this world from president or from any individual in this country. What can we do to do that? Great question, Scott. Well, yeah, that is an awesome question. And I like it because to me, that idea of space, we're all holding, taking up space. We are, right? Like, I don't care how little of space you're taking up or how grand of space you're taking up. We're all taking up space. So, so now what is the space that I'm in and how is that space impacting someone else? And that to me is where when I look at, even raising my children, it was like, all right, how do I empower them to be better? Which they've got to be able, like you did with, with the students, they got to be able to speak up when maybe I don't see my own face. None of us can. I mean, I'm looking at each other. I can even look at my face in the screen. I don't look like what to myself. I probably don't look like what I look like to you all. Right. You know, so we don't see our own faces. So I think for me, and I always wanted this, Bill Walsh was great at that where Joe, uh, Montana and, and Steve Young and Jerry Rice and, yeah. and all those guys were able to call, he, he insisted they called him Bill. And I, I, I love that when I was coaching, I, I took that on as like, nah, the title doesn't give me respect. You respect me because of how I'm being, you know, right. what's the space I'm holding for you. The title doesn't mean I respect you. The title is just the title. Now, if you want respect, then I'll know how you show up. And I look at some of these people that are 
leading this country. Nah, I don't, I don't respect them. The space they're holding, the speaking about women, the attacking of other people, these things aren't, that's not human decency to me. And, and it's time that we have someone, especially in this country, that leads where we are respected because people honor who we are. That, that used to be America, as, if, as far as I'm concerned. It didn't matter. Like, my parents didn't all, always agree with all the presidents, but they went to all the uh, inaugurations when we moved to D.C. until one. I'm not going to say his name. Most people can probably figure it out. But there I was can't. one they just said, we ain't going. We ain't going. That's it. No respect. And that was way before becoming president. That was in New York. That was yeah. all the things that were done in the past. And and it's okay if someone has something that's in their past. You know, someone could go try to dig up something and they could find somebody that I got in a fight with or how I wasn't nice to I, I wasn't always the best husband or I wouldn't have gotten a couple divorces, right? Like that's just real. Now I also looked at myself clean that up and graduated to, I, I guarantee the first lady that's coming, she can honor that I'm a good person. That's it. Like now that's part of learning. I've got to be willing to learn as a leader in order for us to keep evolving. If I keep going down the same road, no one can speak up and tell me what I'm missing. Then we're going to miss a lot of, a lot of moments. And so I, I think that's important that a leader is somebody that's looking around and empowers others to say, Hey, you got a, you got some dirt on your face. Can I help mm-hmm. you get it off? You know, and then we then we lift up in a different way. So, yeah, I like that question. Thank you. Yeah, that's a great one. And speaking of, since you kind of went down that road, I want to talk about this for a second because so many people don't understand how people can sit there and see someone as a leader and see someone as you know the leader of our country. Talk to us about what you think that is. Where does that dive deep into where somebody can actually see somebody who is clearly not supposed to be a leader, who is a leader? Where does that stem from? And what can we do to start to change that that ideology within our conversations with people that we have in our lives? Because some people say, oh, that person should be the leader. That person should be the leader. But clearly there is not the integrity, the honor, the respect, and the list goes on. Talk to us about that. Where do you think that stems from? And what can we do to change it? Well, you know, I think we've created in this country, we've created situations that have caused people that are less likely to be, should be our leaders to step into things because we've created in the past with different people, things that people are looking for and they're struggling to find. Now that means we have to demand that the person that goes in to lead steps into what we're looking for. If somebody says they're going to do something, then, then do it. You know, there's different ways that we can guarantee that, or at least get closer. One looks like, why aren't the people that are standing up and saying, we're going to leave, they, they should be like NASCAR, right? Like where, where on your sleeves, who's sponsoring you to go run for office so that now all of a sudden, when we get in a crisis, we know that all the different people, I'm not going to call out names, you know, people like to go after leaders. I'm, I'm, I'm safe being myself in this moment. Right. But we would know, wait a minute, you're about to stick this needle in your arm. Why? Because right here on my sleeve, right? Like, this is what it's going to look like if this comes down the line. Now, for me, you, I guarantee you, peace is my number one, my true north. Now, don't get it twisted that if you come kick a hornet's nest, you get the hornets. <laughs> <laughs> so let's not do that. We can keep peace as long as we keep peace. You know, so that I think it's um, it's just important for us to really look at somebody and say, all right, what's your track record? Where you been? 
because this is likely how you're going to move us forward. Somebody that's done a bunch of things over and over and over again, a zebra doesn't change its stripes. It's likely going to happen again. I, I, I love what you're saying. And, and this is what I'm visualizing right now because, and, and I want to get your feedback on this and where this is going to go with the country. People right now, I feel like are very afraid to move forward and run for office and on a bigger stage because everything will get torn upside down and everything will get looked at and will get scrutinized and distorted. And when we can look at the media polarizing everything, I mean, you can take two pictures and just say, look at this picture, look at this picture, right. and you can frame it from any time during a, a speech or a discussion or a sporting event and make one person look bad and one person look good with ease. We can do this in five seconds with editing. What can we tell the world right now for when you do run for president or I run for office someday or whatever we do? What can we tell the world to start looking for so we're ultra accountable individually so that we can break down the old systems that are putting two people across from each other? And those are our choices, because we can all sit here right now. We could get 10 of our friends and go, dude, I would absolutely honor this person as president of the U.S. Why are we voting for these two? What is wrong right now and what can we do individually to change to start doing? I want to be cautious using this word. and You'll probably laugh doing our own research. I want to be cautious with that. What do we need to do to really trust our gut, explore what we really want and bring that person to leadership, that person who organically show up there because they are leading right now? What do we need to do to get that to happen? Because I'm sitting here going, okay, this keeps happening because of us, not because of them, because of us. No. What do we right. need to do to change? Well, people got to people got to take the power back. I mean, like, what does that look like? This country was created for the people by the people, right? So now we got to bring that back, and which looks like to me, not just sitting on your couch looking at. Uh, what somebody says and how they downgrade somebody else. Get out and meet these people, whoever it is, like get out and meet the people that are saying they want to leave before you have to vote, go see what they're like. You know, they say it's said in the Bible that you want to know the soul of a man, put a baby in their face. You know, that's why, why do you think so many politicians are caught kissing babies? <laughs> you know, now really, not only a baby in their face, go get to know that person. Go sit down in a town hall meeting and ask them the tough questions, see how they respond, or they just brush it off and say, nah, that's that's for my team. Well, no, when you're sitting in the office, ain't gonna be for your team in that moment that we may need you to make a, a choice that, that guides our, our country and ultimately the world. So get out and get to know people. That that to me is is the big thing. That's why I, that's 2008 or 28, not 24, because I want people to know. And and I look at it like this for me. When I look at 2028, standing on the White House steps, I was there. I, I got to teach yoga for three years at the White House. So I've seen with that picture, I've seen myself standing on the on the balcony where Obama was. And unfortunately, my football player saw me in the scopes of the guns that were looking down and came down and say, Hey coach, man, it's good to see you because <laughs> he has seen me. So I've been in that situation. And what I, what I'll say is that when we go and meet these people, whoever's running, we've got to demand that they, 
they show up the way we think they're going to show up. We got to look at them and say, okay, all right, how'd you just respond to this? Did you, did you react? Did you, did you do something in the locker room? Did you do all these different things, all these weird things that people are doing? Nobody's paying attention. We got to take the power back. That just looks like making sure people are moving the way we think they're going to move. And that we can easily do that, especially in today's age. We, uh, Tim Scott, uh, the right. senator, right? Like he got caught on a on a video where one guy's asking him a question in a diner. And there's a camera take another person that I promised was with him. Well, at least it looked like it. He's videoing this conversation. Well, now all of a sudden we got to be smart enough to not be caught in those kind of moments. At least for me, as soon as I said yes to this idea, all of a sudden it's like, all right, I need to, I need to be what I want people to know about me. I can't just keep going in a, in a way, fortunately for me, I didn't have to change like that. But if it is somebody, then, you know, when you, when you demand certain things as a governor, it's going to be on record that you did it. Now you got to own it and you got to step into something different. So I, I think for me, when I, when I look at this, I don't have to talk poorly about a bunch of people because I'm confident in what I've done, what I do and how that can help other people move forward too. Mm. I love that. And, and when you say take the power back, you know, I know that different people watching this, this particular episode could take that in to mean different things. I mean, we had the January 6th situation that happened where they were saying, we're going to take the power back because they thought the government was corrupt and whatnot. What do you mean specifically in that? And, and when we're talking about that, um, the second part of the question, and it's, this is the tough part, you know, I keep, I don't watch the news or follow politics much. I mean, I used to, I used to be a news junkie and everything. I will follow politics with you in, in the lead because I will support you. Um, but when do you, when you think about that, take the power back, you know, some people can mean that, make that to mean something like the Capitol riots or whatever. What does that mean for you on a deeper level? And do you think the country is headed for a civil war? Well, it, all right, let's go with, uh, what does it mean to take the power back? We created a system. When I say we, it's people of the U.S., the way the government is run now. We created a system that doesn't take violence. It's called get out and vote. Right. Everybody, get out and vote. You want, you want the world to be whatever you want it to be, go vote for it. And if enough people are voting for it, then maybe that's how it should be. You know, so that, that's it. We want something different, get out and vote. Everybody. The voting's think, corrupt. The voting's corrupt. Yeah, that's because it didn't work out their way. Like, you know, that's like calling Scott knows. And it's like saying, hey, the ref just. Yeah, I knew we were going to sports, dude. I knew we were going to sports. Because how many times. Are you kidding me? How many times is the one play at the end of the game and we hear we lost because of it's like you had how many plays before? I don't disagree. There was an impact. But let's be honest. You let that play be the play we lost yeah. with. And this is exactly what happened here in the in the polit- political world, too. It's yes. So I'm not, I'm not, I'm not, I'm never going to cry, cry referees. Because if really, if everyone, everyone votes for me, it's not nothing to debate. Yeah. You know, the, people debate these things that are close. Well, stop letting it be close. That's the coaching. Like that's just mm-hmm. that's the way it is. Then there was a second part of your question. Can you repeat that real quick? Or do you think that the country's headed for a civil war? When it comes to civil war, the wars aren't the same anymore. We're not barbarians, so we're not walking around 
slinging clubs at each other. If we if we use the weapons that we have, we all die. We all lose, right? right? So it's when when I look at civil war, the war is different. The war is for the souls of humanity. You know, it's a spiritual war. And and now are we going to end up on the side of of the Jedi's or are we going to the dark side? Like what's it gonna look like? And I'm not saying who's who, but right. yes. So there is a in a sense a civil war happening and it's for the souls of humanity which is the souls of this country. Like, are we going to ultimately remain free? Or are we going to give it to something else that's a wolf in sheep's clothing? You know, like we've got to look at that. And that's that's important for everyone to wake up, especially the next generation. You know, in 2028, those kids are uh, 13 years old now that are going to be voting. They, we got to teach them, teach them how to get out and vote and and make sure that they're creating a country of the things that they want, the, the people that are in college that are graduating, they've got to really look at and say, no, that's not it. Now, don't whine about it. Go vote about it. Get yeah. out and make something happen. And that that's really how I see it. You know, we are. Yes, we are in a, a battle for our country. It doesn't have to look like people are getting slaughtered on the street. If it does, then we're we've gone back to the caveman time. It looks like people actually saying, OK, this is where we want to go. If we really want peace in our country, which I do, I want peace in our country. I want, I'd I love do. for every person to have a house over their head. Now that means that everybody's got to do their part. If you're somebody who right now, let's say I, like I had the ability tomorrow to say that everyone has a house. If I had the ability to do that, the person that gets a house that was living on the street, there's a responsibility there. It says in the Bible, those that are given much, much is expected. So now maybe you can't go get a nine to five as we know it, but you used to take trash out of the trash can. Well, you could go be somebody that puts trash in the trash can so that all neighborhoods are cleaned up. We can go start making things different. If everybody does their part, we will have peace in the world. Said, thank you. Know, thank you. I wasn't I wasn't totally going to ask this question and it's kind of a loaded discussion slash question, but you're bringing me right to where I, I kind of want to go. But you're like, do we do this in 45 minutes? So I'm a big fan of what you said. And I share the words brilliance. I always say that we've been given God given universe, given creator, given gifts. And those gifts are supposed to be shared. So when they're stifled because we feel we're not enough or we're not good enough, or we don't deserve the house or we live in a space of lack. That's a mindset. And so I feel like we've got a, I think the spiritual war, the war, the civil war that we're talking about is literally a heart versus mind battle that's going on. And I think people living in the mind, some people want to call the matrix or whatever. There, there's techniques that I know you and I could easily implement to make money and we could chase that, you know, we know who these people are. We know who the leaders are who go 10 times, do this. You can make money more, 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 more. We can go play those games all day long. I'm seeing this. I'm seeing there's one shoulder saying, here's the solution to take everything you want, but you're going to have an empty heart. Here, we can do things the right way, create sustainable things and be very heart centric, find my brilliance and share it with the world. And the compensation is going to be great. The currency of time, connection, money, it's going to be great. But in that transition, this is easy. And this takes a little effort. What do you think about that? Because I want to share one last thing with you that I know you're going to love. I started doing stuff with my students that, you know, I, I teach business. 
and I'm teaching them breath work, four, seven, eight. I'm teaching them some like circular breathing. I'm teaching them all types of stuff to get to present moment, to calm the amygdala, to calm the nervous system. I have 36 kids in my class. Out of 36 kids who have no clue this is going to be part of the business class, what are the odds that all 36 kids engaged in that breath work in full? I would say zero. And I'm, a, and I'm an optimist. I'd say there's no way you can do that. Sid, I opened my eyes midway through the second breathing exercise we did, and they all had their eyes closed, and they were just like in another place. And then afterwards, I said, how do you feel? And one person says, I could hear more. I feel like the day just started over. I don't know what it is, but I feel different. And I literally almost started crying because I saw the voter. I saw the change, the new space holder. I yeah. saw a group of people who are awake and ready to be heart-centric. And I think that war has already been won. And it's just a space and time thing. It's just moving forward. What do you think about that? Because I have nothing. I have not, like you said, I'm not going to sit here and demonize this group of people or beat up politicians because I know this group is alive and well. What do you think about that? Well, I, I, I'll say that first is that consciousness overrides unconsciousness. Amen. So if we have this group that's being conscious and this one that's just moving unconsciously, then the consciousness is going to direct the other one to where we can go together. And I, I do feel that way. Often I hear people get upset with the, with the gang colors, the blues and the reds, right? So as they get upset with this, it's like, why are you getting upset? What makes you think they know something that you didn't know two minutes ago? They're, they're human too. So now, now that I know, I, as you do, that there is that level of consciousness that can bring forward something different. I've got to be willing to be that consciousness for all people. And that that's a beautiful thing. I, I love that I had a phone call from one of my players. I mean, I finished coaching in 2004. So almost 20 years ago. And he said, coach, you know, remember that technique where you used to get us to right before we go out and play the game or before practice, you'd lay us all down. He said, man, when I get frustrated at work, I, I drop to the ground and lay down and do that breath work. And, and then I'm ready to go. Like once you know something there, as we said in coaching, there's proof in the pudding. Once you know something's working, you stick with it. Most people are are trying to break what they know doesn't work within unconsciously teaches somebody to continue to go down that road of what isn't working, as opposed to saying, actually, if we do it like this, if we can sit here and continue to fight against slavery, which now is huge. It's called sex trafficking, $150 billion a year. And the U.S. is the number one consumer. Or we can fight against division and racism. And instead, we can actually teach people how to move forward that we can care for one another. You know, a baby comes in, this is the last thing I'm going to say if we're getting close to it. A baby comes in and has no clue about killing. What's one of the first things we teach them? Thou shall not kill. So now a baby learns to kill, even though we're telling them don't kill. Baby didn't know about killing. We could be teaching them, thou shall help everyone live well. We got a different world. Amen. 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 You know what's funny? When you say the stuff out loud, it sounds so damn simple. And I think we just got to right. keep saying the stuff out loud. <laughs>
for sure. Definitely. For sure. I'm, I'm spreading this one because if people pick that last part up, it's a different world. It's yeah. a different world. Listen, you, you and I both know this. Thou shalt not kill. What is the universe here? Thou shalt kill. It doesn't understand 100%. not. So why would you introduce that to a child instead of just saying thou shalt love? End mm -hmm. of story. Lean into it. That's why I write this stuff all over the places. Go love <laughs> yes. yes, I get you. <laughs> not we yesterday, not tomorrow, right now. We need love. We need a lot of love. And there's been a lot of love in this conversation tonight. Sid, thank you so much for being here, brother. Definitely want to have you back on in between now and when uh, when you go running for president because we want to support yeah, the Yeah, we got some you. time. That's for sure. Definitely, definitely. Yeah. I want you guys, I want you to talk a little bit about your, prog your, your program. So we were put up on the screen for you guys listening on the podcast, SidMcNary.com, The Alt Factor. Talk to us about that and what fact of uh, leadership role that you provide for people in that program. Well, first, I'm just start off with the name. The, the name is this guy, Coach Rocky All. And he used to always use he was he was one of the most interesting people I've ever seen coach because he had a different way to get things into your head. And one of those was like we go through techniques of how to help people find their voice, because the number one fear in the world is is the fear of public speaking. So he used to always say like he would write something on the board and he'd say right there like that right there like that, hit that hole right there like that. Now, it would always be in your head as soon as you left. It was like, so we, that's why I named it that to honor him because he was just a prolific speaker and and guided our team to starting to win and all those things. And and I honor him with that with that name. But it's advanced leadership techniques and training. And, you know, and, and really what we do with that is we bring people in, we've had CEOs, uh, athletes that are trying to hit the next level, whether they're, we've had high school people go through it. We really want people to want to make sure that people get the different drills. And when the drills in, in my body, it's like, I'm sitting here speaking and you didn't just hear, even though I just said it, cause I was thinking about it. Like you hear people say like over and over, like uh, this is going to happen. Like that's going to happen. Well, those things are happening because they don't even know consciously that they're doing right. it. We're help people really alter how they're speaking into the world so that they can lead in a different way. And that's, that's what it is. So the next one that we have going on is October 3rd through the 5th. At some point we'll get you guys here to, to come in and, and sit in and be with it. Cause it's, it's really amazing. It's really, you know, we, we do a lot of different things. The mornings are set up for people to really dive in and have inner peace. So that when we get to the afternoon and we're giving new spaces to spread peace, it's easy for that to happen. Mm, beautiful, it. brother. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for being here. And also they can get a hold of you at SidMcNary.com and catch all the other different things you have going on. Brother, it's been amazing for having you on the show today, as uh, always, uh, getting to dive into your brain and just love the pa the passion and the and the heart that you bring to the world. And, uh, and I hope that people really from the conversation tonight get in touch with you, follow your programs and get more in support of what you're going to be doing in 2028 because the world needs you more than ever. So, brother, any final, Scott, any final thoughts for uh, Sid before we let uh, Sid go? I just got a big, huge thank you from the bottom of my heart, because the more conversations we have like this, the better the world's going to be. And I love the fact that you're pulling the negative and we just replace with the positive. Don't tell me what I can't do. Tell me what I can do. And I'll listen all day long. Now, you just solidified it. One of the, I was at in Minnesota with 584 tribes. And one of the elders said to me after listening to me, he's like, you know, your slogan needs to be just tell me I can't. So I'm, I'm running with it after what you just said. <laughs> just tell me Thank I can. You. 
It just felt good, man. Just tell me good. I can. <laughs> There's that yes, validation sir. right there. Just tell me I can. We need we need that so badly, so badly in the world. Sid, I'm going to put you backstage for a second. Don't go anywhere because we still want to talk to you. Scott and I are going to close out the show here for a second. But right. thank you again from the bottom of my heart for being here. Love you. There you go, Scott. Did I tell you that he was an amazing human being? And I've only had I've only had you know a handful of conversations with him. I was on a project team with him, and we've you know traded messages here and there. But you can you can sense you can sense like when you talk about sensing people's heart, you can sense his heart, and you can sense his intention, his integrity for really wanting to go out there and make a difference in the world. And I think by the conversation tonight, uh, he illustrated that uh, uh, fantastically. What do you think? I think you nailed it, and I think you know exactly what's going on because we have this conversation whenever we talk off off screen. It's the world right now as you're as you're elevating in frequency. I mean, just picture this picture of seven and a half billion people laying on the floor sleeping as certain people start to wake up and you wake up. The first thing you do is like, where am I? And, and you see a Sid, you see a Chris, you're going to connect with those people. And as we connect and as we start saying what's going on here, we have two things we can do. We can lay back down and just be anesthetized in the world or we can stand up and take a leadership role. That's why we're doing this leadership series. Sid is doing it. You're doing it. I'm doing it. Hopefully other people are standing up and doing it. You don't need to be a coach. You can coach from your own right. He gave great examples. We need to be doing that and leading by example. And so Sid just nails it. I love it. I knew I'd love him. I didn't question anything. I already knew it was going to happen. I'm going to meet another like-minded, beautiful individual that's an incredible leader. And that's what happened. And it felt good. Mm. Amazing. Thank you, brother, for wrapping that up. And for you guys watching at home or listening at home, as always, we would appreciate you to go back here and take this episode and share it out. Uh, that's the important message of what we're trying to do here is to get this message out, especially this one more than anything else, uh, talking about what we can do in our country and the fact that we could take personal responsibility for our actions every single day. And it starts with us. It starts with how you wake up in the morning and the things that you focus on. Are you focus focusing on scarcity? Are you focusing on what you can't do? Or are you focusing on what you can do? And everybody can be a part of the solution rather than being part of the problem. So we encourage you guys to go ahead and go to www.theunfilteredexperience.com and share the show out. We're on all the major platforms, Spotify, iTunes, anywhere you can get podcasts. Go out there, share this out on your social media, your social currency, and help us get this message out so that we can make a difference in the world today and make a difference in those kids. Think about those 13-year-old kids in, the, in your world. If you're a coach, if you're a leader, let's get them primed and ready for, for them to be a part of the solution with us so we can take this country and make it amazing again uh, and make, make it opportunities for everybody uh, not just the, uh, just the few. So we appreciate you guys for being here. We'll be back here again next Friday night, 5 PM Pacific standard time. As always, we love and appreciate you. The unfilteredexperience.com. We'll see you here next time. See you guys.